You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 140. You know, every single guest I have on here is special to me. I do not take it lightly that they have chosen to be vulnerable, sharing their stories of how God has kept them and connecting with a weird creative girl from the East Coast. And I want to note that this episode is a wake-up call for any young person, especially if you are a PK who has struggled with anxiety and depression. Parents, please consider this a warning to be careful with little ears and be aware of the mature content that's going to be discussed in this episode. I am so very proud of my next guest, not only because she volunteered to share such a personal journey with us here, but that she has followed the Lord to the other side of it all. Courtney Chavis opens up about the dark side of mental health and what we can do when we know we need help. This is episode number 140 that I am calling Real Strength with Courtney Chavis. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Hey, before we get into this episode, let me just share with you a couple of things some of my friends are doing. Over at Oneness Essentials, you can get handcrafted soap and beauty products that will make your skin fall in love with you again. Go to onenesssoapbiz.com and use our special code HELLO8 for 15% off your next order. Also, Jessica's Most Modest has some amazing clothing that you need in your wardrobe next season. Go to JessModest.com and use our code HelloAwesome for 15% off today. Years ago, when Summer Neal was asked to take over her church's social media, she didn't know where to start. She didn't know how to create content. She was not a professional photographer or videographer, and she didn't know a thing about how to connect people with online. Well, Summer does now, and she's eager to share that knowledge with you. The Social Pentecostal is a social media consulting company that seeks to empower the church to utilize social media effectively to reach the loss and to make heaven bigger by teaching social media's best practices to church leaders and creatives. The Social Media Pentecostal offers monthly online training through the Social Pentecostal community. Follow her on social media at the Social Pentecostal to learn tips and tricks for your church's social media management and content creation. God does not need professionals. He simply needs a willing vessel. Let the Social Pentecostal help you bring glory to God on social media. And together, you can reach the lost and make heaven bigger. For more information, visit thesocialpentecostal.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I am so very excited to have Courtney here with me today. Courtney, you are just such an amazing person. And I know we don't know each other on that level yet, but um, I just I just can tell by what I've seen from afar uh, that you love the Lord and you want to please him. And and you're just such a, a shining light, um, you know, in this generation. And I wanted you to just take a minute before we get started to just share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Of course. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast today. I do not take it lightly. I'm very honored to have this opportunity. So I thank you for that. Um, A little bit about me is I am 19 years old. Um, I currently live in St. Louis, Missouri. I attend Urshan College there. I'm studying for my bachelor's in Christian ministries. And um, But when I'm not at school, I live in a little town called Monroe, Georgia. It's right outside of Atlanta. Um, I've lived here since I was nine years old. When I was nine, my family moved here from North Carolina to start a church. And um, that church is still standing today. It's 10 years old now. It's um, doing amazing things. My dad has um, really, with the help of the Lord, 
been able to build something really great here to reach our community. So I, um, I am a pastor's kid. I love it. It has its pros and cons, but um, above all, I, I really do appreciate it. And it is one of my greatest blessings. Yeah. You know, um, before we jump in the question, I, I know you don't, you have another name for her, but your grandmother is hilarious. First of all, um, but she's also very anointed too. And I've had the privilege, privilege of um, having her minister to us uh, at a ladies conference once where she shared her, you know, red convertible story. And it's just, it's such a, it's one of the um, few um, messages that I go back to that I refer back to is how, I don't know how just she <laughs> was able to tell the story in such an anointed, beautiful way, but then also have you laughing. And, yes. you know, in preparation for this, um, you know, I had asked you if there was a topic that was close to your heart. And, and when you were, when you had said mental health, I, I did not obviously take that lightly on this podcast. We've dove into this topic many times. And I think if I remember correctly, season two, we actually dedicated um, the entire season to mental health. And I think after these last couple of years, it's probably time to revisit that again. So why was it important for you to talk about mental health? Well, um, mental health is something that I struggled with for many, many years. And I, after kind of, um, I guess I could say like being healed or God really touching me and opening my eyes to other things, I kind of made this promise to God and he made a promise to me that I would not let what I went through be in vain and that I would use it to help people because I think it's something that just about everybody deals with on different levels. Yeah. And, you know, people are often kind of scared of it, mm -hmm. but I just, you know, I want people to know that there is hope. There's hope in the church for people that struggle with mental illnesses and with mental health issues. And I want to let people know that, you know, it, it is no respecter of persons and it affects everyone and there is hope and there is a way out and there is a better life. Ah, amen. So before I get to that next question, um, I'm just going to throw another question to you and obviously, you know, you can answer it however honestly you'd like to answer it. But, um, from your experience is being like a pastor's kid or being a minister's kid, something that has contributed to a lot of mental health issues uh, in the church, do you think? Uh, absolutely. I think mm -hmm. that um, it does play a toll on your mind, just one, because of just the busyness of life and always pouring into people. It can always, you know, sometimes be hard to look inward and think, okay, I need to make sure that I myself am being filled. But two, the you know, the devil just attacks because he knows, you know, from the ministers is how, you know, this is how we get the gospel out. And so I really feel like the devil attacks ministers and ministers families very hard because he sees the potential there. And he knows if he can get those people low, then he can get everybody else low. So yeah. I definitely do think that um, it does. It does play a part in that. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, I can only speak from being, you know, like a saint watching. And I do think, you know, there's just a lot of uh, expectations. That's the word that keeps coming to my mind that we expect, you know, like either the, the, the minister or the, their family or the children to kind of be flawless. And that's just such a huge ask and a big, um, you know, like a high bar, I should say. Um, and so I just, I was just curious because I figured the answer would be yes. And <laughs> when did you become aware that you really needed to prioritize your own mental health? So I started dealing with like depression and anxiety when I was around the age of 12, mm -hmm. but it wasn't actually until this March that I decided that like, okay, 
something has to be done about this. Like, I can't live like this anymore. It had been like close to seven years that I had been dealing with this and kind of trying to live this life full of depression, anxiety, just because I thought that, you know, it was normal and that I would always feel like that. But this March was really whenever I had a moment I had, um, I had kind of started with self harm Mm. and that was something that I always told myself I would never do. I had dealt with it for so long, but I told myself I would never physically harm myself. I would never let it get that far. And I had let it get that far. And I had let my mind just become so consumed with it. And I really realized then like, okay, Courtney, you have to get help. You have to reach out because you can't do this by yourself anymore. It's gotten way too far. So that was really when I, that was the moment of me being like, okay, I have to tell people, I have to reach out, I need to get help. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really, this March was when I decided to make a change. Wow. Well, first, thanks for being vulnerable about that, because that's something that I think a lot of us would rather keep hidden, um, especially in the church. And I, when it comes to that, I feel like you know, people need to understand that, like you said, you, it's not something that you were like um, planning on doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not It's not like you, you were like, I'm going to do this right now. It mm-hmm. just kind of snowballed. Do I have that correctly? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So did you have someone in mind, like a safe person that you knew that you could talk to about this? Yes, I did. I had one friend. And I actually remembered one night I was up really late and I had um, was in a really dark place and I was contemplating suicide and I was, you know, in a really rough place. And I called them and I told them like, hey, they had known like I had kind of been going through some stuff, but I told them like, hey, this is how far it's gotten. This is where my head is now. Mm. And, you know, at first they comforted me and told me, you know, Courtney, you know, you have so much life to live, you know, this, this is not really what you want to do. This is just what your mind is trying to tell you, you know, it's not, it's not true. It's lies. Mm -hmm. And they were actually the ones that told me like, you have to get help. Like you have to reach out and you have to do something because you won't last long like this. You won't, you know, you can't continue to keep doing these things. And so they were actually the, that was the person that told me, you know, I, I'm drawing the line here. Like, this is where you have to get help. And of course, be honest, how hard was that to hear? Oh, it was, it, you know, it broke me because I think deep down, I knew, I knew I needed help and I knew I couldn't do it by myself, but for someone else to say, Courtney, you need help. It was like, you know, and whenever you're in this kind of mindset, you don't want to be a burden because you feel like that would make everything worse. Right. And you think that reaching out is like, I'm going to be a burden to someone or, you know, something like that. Like, I don't want to be an inconvenience. So it really is it like, it struck me. And it it did hurt to hear, but it's what I needed to hear. I find that to be true. <laughs> Uh, that obviously the hardest things to hear are the things we need to hear. And if we have people who truly love the Lord and who love people and who love us, they will tell us hard things. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we are noticing, at least I'm noticing is the church is getting better about talking about hard things. Yeah. And this world is not easy, obviously. And if we're expecting our children of the next generation to grow up and make a difference we're gonna we need to have these open conversations and this dialogue and you know saying you know how are you and us being honest with each other so that hopefully the person that we confide in you know is a godly person you know walking with the lord they have discernment you know they follow the holy ghost and they can give us advice like you need help you know, yeah. obviously this is a big question, but what has the Lord been teaching you so far during this journey? 
I think the biggest thing is that we're human. You know, we are human. We have human emotions and that is okay. It's okay to feel the way that you feel. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel upset because those are human emotions. And I think that that is almost the beauty of it. It's because we we need God. We can't do it on our own. You know, we can't we don't have the ability. If we did have the ability, we wouldn't need God. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't need him to be our comforter and we wouldn't need him to help us if we could do it all on ourselves, but but we can't, you know. We're mm-hmm. humans and we don't have that kind of power. And I remember I used to I went through this um stage where I was really focusing on dangerous prayers to pray like Lord break my heart with what breaks yours and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. I remember one prayer that I would pray was Lord build in me a dependency on you Mm -hmm. let let me not be able to function without you you know and that's that's something dangerous to pray but I think it's something that we all should praise Lord, I don't want to live this life if it means I have to live it without you because I can't. I can't live this yeah. life without you. So build in me that dependency. And really, that is, you know, I feel like that's what God was trying to teach me this whole time of like, you need me. You can't do this alone. You can't do this by yourself. You need me. You need the church. You need the people of the church. And so he really did through this build in me that dependency that I had been praying for. And, you know, it was in a way that, you know, was difficult, but it was also, you know, it was what I needed. And it was that dependency that I needed. So now that I can look back and say, I remember when I tried to do this without God and I couldn't do it. I failed. Mm -hmm. And so I need God to be able to maintain this happiness that I now live in. Yeah, that's a good I mean, yeah, it's a dangerous prayer, but it's a good prayer. And I think it's so easy for us to go with the flow and go with the, you know, go with the motion and, and kind of play this role and not be honest with ourselves. And um, I think that's why we do need to have that dependency on the Lord because the Lord will be honest with us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously I can relate to this um, as somebody who, is the total opposite of a PK <laughs> who I, I was, I was probably, I don't know, I think it was 22 um, when I came to the Lord. And, you know, I, the thing about mental health is that it affects everyone. It doesn't matter your background because like you said, we're human. Right. And so I think it would be a very dangerous thing for somebody to think that it can't happen to them. Just because that they've had, you know, oh, well, look at all that, you know, I've done so far or look at my family, look at um, look at my dedication or my faithfulness. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that probably has helped you somewhat. But sometimes it's like it catches us by surprise. Yeah, I think because we're so busy doing and going and not saying we don't have a relationship with the Lord, but we don't realize how we're being affected by things. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And I completely agree with you. Why do you think many of us in the church, like I said, it's getting better, but there's still the stigma. Why do you think we like to pretend like we're okay and we don't ask for help? I think that a lot of people in the church view, um, people that are struggling, you know, mentally, and they associate it with people that aren't living right. And so they think that, you know, oh, if I'm, if I'm struggling in this way, or if I'm always feeling this way, it must be because there's something in my life that I'm doing wrong, and God's punishing me, you know, and we know that's not true. You know, God, God is not, you know, he doesn't punish us like that. And, um, but I think that we as the church kind of view it like that, like you just need to pray more. You know, obviously you're not mm-hmm. praying enough because you feel this way or maybe you should just read the Bible more because 
you know, if you read the, read the Bible more, you wouldn't feel like this when those things just aren't true. You know, like I said before, it it's no respecter of persons. You know, it it happens to us all. We can all experience these things. And so I think that, you know, a lot of times people get scared because they don't want people to view them differently. They yeah. don't want it. They don't want to look weak and they don't want, you know, a lot of times I know for me, I'm a super stubborn person and I it's very hard for me to ask for help for anything. And so I for so long, I didn't want to reach out or say anything because I was like, I can I can do this by myself. I'm strong enough to do this by myself, you know, and like, I don't need anybody. I don't I don't need anybody's help. But in reality, I I was stronger for reaching out than I was not. You know, I, it's stronger. It, it takes more strength to say, Hey, I need help with this. I need you to help me. than for you to say, no, I can do this by myself. I don't need anybody. And so I think a lot of times we just, we have that mindset of, I can't, you know, I can't talk about this because people will think that I'm weak or people will think that I'm, you know, doing these awful things. And that's what's causing me to feel this way, you know, but it's not true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel this so strongly. I agree. I mean, it's, you know, I just think about the people in my life who have struggled and have seen how it wasn't handled correctly by people that they trusted. And it was, it's devastating because it's, we can't just put our finger on like one thing. Yeah. Like, you're feeling this way because you didn't do this or mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z or whatever. And I think that's the last thing that somebody needs, right? right. <laughs> they don't need guilt. They don't need shame. They're really, they're already feeling that way. Right. So I think that having those people around you that you can talk to is important, of course. But that like understand that, It's not all on your shoulders Mm -hmm. because it's such a layered thing. Right. It's, it's not like just black and white and how can you, I guess in my mind, I'm trying to think like we're such complicated beings. People, humans are just so complicated Mm -hmm. that I think it's almost like a, I don't know, like a, arrogant like pride thing for somebody to say well I know what's wrong with you (laughs) and it's like whoa okay um and it's not saying that we can't take criticism or anything like that but there's a there's a time and a place and there's also a way to do it and I agree um you know I I think we do have that in mind we're like well let me just pray more or read the bible more or do all that and those are great things we're not saying they're not great things But there could be a chemical imbalance in your brain Mm -hmm. that just is a little physical thing in your body because we, we do, we are flesh that is just off. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, God can heal. Of course he can heal, but we're not really taking into consideration. Sometimes I think the actual natural part of it all. Yeah. So if we are noticing somebody struggling Um, In your opinion, what do you think we should say or do to reach out to them? Well, I think for one, don't stop reaching out, you know, continue to reach out and to try to help, even if it may seem like, you know, they're pushing it off or they're pushing you off. Do not stop and reach out with the intent of I'm not reaching out so that they'll get back to me. I'm reaching out so that they know that I'm here, you know, something good might be, you know, like a text message that's like, hey, you don't have to respond to this, but I wanted you to know that I love you and I'm here for you and that I'm praying for you. Um, Because sometimes I know, at least for me, there were times where there were days where I wouldn't even want to text people back. People would text me and it would be, you know, too difficult for me to even respond. And then I would, you know, I would feel so bad because I felt like I was, you know, leaving them hanging and, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to help me, but I can't really feel like I can 
reciprocate that. And I, you know, I used to have people that would get upset with me because they'd be like, Courtney, I tried reaching out to you and you just won't get back to me. And, you know, I really want to be like, well, yeah, I'm struggling with all this stuff. And reaching out to you is like something that takes a toll on me. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I need a nap after I respond to a text message, you know? And Mm -hmm. so knowing that, you know, like, hey, no pressure. I just want you to know that I'm here for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that helps so much to know, like, no attachments here. You know, I'm only doing this because I know that you need it. I'm not doing this because I want you to respond to me or not doing this to, you know, kind of check off this box of like, well, I checked on them today. I can, you know, I can uh, get that out of my mind. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But of genuinely, you know, telling someone, I love you. I'm here for you. I believe in you. And, you know, I don't, I don't want you because of the things that you can do. I want you because of who you are. I love you for you and not because of the things that you can do for me. I just love you because you're my friend and I want you around, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's really solid advice for sure, because I think it almost goes back to that, that phrase of like, uh, listening just so that you can respond, but not actually listening to what the person is telling you. Yeah. You know, like in the conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. Hence one reason why I wanted to start this podcast, because I always am the one talking and the Lord was like, maybe you need to be a good listener. (laughs) But like, but it's, it's true. Just, this is about that person who's hurting. It's not about us. Right. So let them know that you're there, but don't put that expectation on them or that, you know, don't give yeah. them a job to do. Right. <laughs> because they don't, they don't need that right now. They could, yeah. they could barely get out of bed or shower mm-hmm. or change their clothes. And I've been there, you know, when yeah. you're just depressed, you don't want to get out. Those mm-hmm. text messages are great. But if they're like, if they come attached with, you know, this person is going to be offended if you don't respond then that adds to your anxiety, that adds to your anxiousness, that adds to the whole cloud that's already hanging over you. Mm -hmm. And it's not, um, you know, it's really not you trying to be selfish or anything like that when you're not trying to respond. You're just trying to put that boundary for yourself because it's too much. Sometimes it's just too much. Right. Well, I really appreciate, you know, you sharing that because I think it's just so important for us to be reminded of. And if we've never heard that before, you heard it now (laughs) because um, it is hard to know what to do when you're the friend. And we had this this a couple years ago um, where, you know, a friend of ours lost, you know, a child and it was devastating um, for all of us. But then we had to remember okay, but what about her? (laughs) Right. So what does she need right now? I don't need to expect her to get back to me, to call me (laughs) because this is about, this is changing her every day. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that people are dealing with this on a daily basis. So they, they're literally struggling daily for the most Mm -hmm. part. Whereas it might, like you said, like be that, that box that we check off. Oh, I checked, I checked on her, you know, Mm -hmm. that's it. Well, yeah, but she's probably going through something every single day. She can't just check out like that. Um, so for you, what has helped you in those hard moments? Um, definitely surrounding myself with people that I know I can trust. Um, I remember I went to, I started therapy in March and one thing that my, um, therapist told me is I was kind of going through this moment of like transition and I didn't feel like I had a home anywhere. Like I felt almost homeless. And she told me, she said, you need to find people that make you feel like home. And at first I was just like super confused what she meant by that. But after, you know, kind of pondering on it, I realized like I have these people in my life that I know love me so deeply and 
I can go to them with anything and they are not going to judge me for it. I can say anything to them. They're not going to judge me for it. They're going to understand where I'm coming from and they're going to love me just the same after as they did whenever I first came to them. And so that was a big thing for me because I always wanted to isolate myself when I would get in this headspace and I would get really depressed and anxious and I would just want to be alone. And that would only make it worse. You know, all those thoughts, you know, my dad preaches this message and he says, you know, stop talking to yourself. Like you're going to lie to yourself every single time you need to reach out and you need to talk to people who are going to help you. Cause if you could help you, you would have already helped you. So, you know, stop talking to yourself and go and find someone that can help you. And that was a big thing for me was whenever I would tell myself, all right, I'm just going to go to my room and I'm going to be alone because I don't feel right right now. I would be like, no, I need to go and I need to find people that love me that I can have a good time with and go and spend that time with them. And that was a big thing that helped was just surrounding myself with people that I knew loved me. But another, like some little practical things that I did was like um, listening to worship music in my free time. I am, I'm a worship leader and I love to worship. I believe that that's my number one calling. And I believe that it's everyone's number one calling is we are all called to be worshipers and worshiping is something that I love to do. And I remember I would be in my room and I would, you know, be struggling with all these thoughts and I would just turn on worship music and I would just like, you know, do whatever, do my schoolwork or clean my room but I would have worship music playing in the background and I would just sing along with it and I would worship. I would, you know, worship God and I would have these intimate moments with God. And I would say, you know, even though I don't feel like it right now, I'm still going to worship you because you're still good. You know, even though I'm going through all this, you're still good God. And so I would just worship him and sing to him. And these things uplifted my spirits a lot. Because I would, you know, be reminded that, you know, God is still here for me. There was this one song. It's by Maverick City. It's called Breathe. And every time I would listen to that song, I would just cry. Because not only is it a song of worship, it's a song of encouragement. You know, and it literally just says, you know, breathe. It's a miracle that we can breathe. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I would just sing this song. I would listen to it over and over again. And I would just tell God, you know, like, even if I feel so bad that I, I can't even sing to you, God, let my breath be an act of worship. And I would just sit and I would worship him and I would cry out to him. And these things really helped because it was always a reminder of I'm not alone mm-hmm. and I know God loves me. And then accepting that love for so long, I would tell myself, you are not worthy of the Mm. love that God has for you. And that's the biggest lie that the devil can try to tell you. Yes. Because God literally came to this earth. He was born and he died because he loved us so much. And for us to not accept the love that he came and gave is it's so wrong. We are, we are cutting God out we are cutting him short by not accepting the love that he has for us. And so whenever I would, you know, tell myself, Courtney, you're not worthy of this love or you, you know, because you feel this way, you know, like God doesn't love you. It was so not true. And I would tell myself, no, Courtney, you do like you are deserving. Like God, God did so many things for you and he knew he sees you right where you are. And he loves you. And I remember just being able to accept that love and find happiness in it. And in a time when I felt like, you know, no one loved me and everyone was against me. You know, I remember thinking God is for me and God loves me. And by accepting that love, I could accept love from other people, too. And I wouldn't think that they were lying to me when they told me that they loved me. I could just accept it. And I would say, you know what? these people do love me. Like I know that they love me. Mm -hmm. And that was something that it really changed my perspective of, you know, God came and he died because he loved me so much. 
and I should accept that love. That is a very, um, it is a very hard thing to accept when we don't have that self-worth. Right. When it's just so low, we, yeah, we are believing what we're telling ourselves. We're believing all of these other things instead of believing what God has said about us. Um, and I think that's, that's definitely a good reminder. Um, we are all worshipers, whether we have a platform or a microphone, it doesn't matter. And I like what your dad is saying. Stop talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just do that a lot. We talk a lot to ourselves. Yes. And I think it is important to kind of shift that focus. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Our, we can't trust our hearts. Right. As much as it feels right, we can't trust those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I just keep thinking about the people that are listening to this. Um, it's no coincidence. It's no coincidence at all that they're listening to this. Right. Um, Cause God knows all things and he's using you right now in this moment. Could you speak to the person right now who's hearing this, who might be at a crossroads, who needs support, but may not understand how to reach out? What would you say to them? I would say that you are not weak for getting help. You know, I said it before, but you're not weak for getting help. You know, you are so much stronger reaching out than you are sitting and letting these things happen. You, it takes strength to be able to reach out and you're not weak for it. You don't have to think that you're weak for it. You don't have to think less of yourself because you need help. You need help. And, you know, if you have problems with your eyes, you go to an eye doctor and you get help. If you have problems with your heart, you go to a heart doctor and you get help. So your mind should be no different. If you are struggling in your thoughts and you are contemplating doing things to yourself, you need help. And you need to reach out to someone, you know, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's spiritual authority, but you need to find someone. And I am 100% a believer in therapy. You know, I've been to therapy. I still go to therapy occasionally. And it helps you so much. It helps you learn so much about yourself and about what you're going through. And you are not weak for doing it. And don't let anybody ever tell you that you're not that you are weak for doing it because you're not. You are strong for doing it. You are strong for wanting help and wanting a different life. And two, you are so loved. You know, I know that in this time you may feel like no one loves you and that everyone is against you and that no one could ever understand what you're going through. But I understand and I love you. and. The world is better because you are here, because you are on this earth. And you may not think that right now, but one day you're going to look back and think, wow, I I could have made such a stupid decision and I would have missed out on so much because God had so much in, in store for me and I had no idea. And you will always be able to look back and say, you know, thank you, God, that you didn't that you kept me and that you allowed me to move forward and you help me find love and peace so that I can move on and do greater things than I ever did before. So I just encourage you to reach out and get help. Tell somebody, talk to somebody and always remember that, you know, you have people around you that love you, but also Jesus loves you. And I know that is so cliche and we say all the time, but it is so true. God loves you. He came and he died for you, you know, so that you could have life and life more abundantly. And he cares for you. He has amazing plans for you. And he has so many things that are going to bring you so much happiness. There is so much happiness waiting for you in your future. And you have no idea. You're going to make memories and have moments 
that you could have never even imagined. And they're going to be greater than you could have even imagined. Just keep pressing through. Take it day by day. You know, it is a day by day battle. And just take it day by day, walk day by day and celebrate every day. Every day that you are on this earth should be a celebration that you made it another day. So keep celebrating, keep pushing. Yeah. Amen. So what is your go-to scripture lately? Lately, it has been um, Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And this verse has encouraged me so much because it just reminds me that God's looking out for me and he knows me. He knows every thought that I have and his thoughts for me are so much greater than what I could ever imagine. You know, it says his thoughts are of peace and not of evil. And he wants to give us an expected end. And it's always an encouragement. And anytime I feel myself slipping, I think to that, you know, God, he knows me. He sees me. He knows these thoughts that I'm having. And he is he wants peace for me. And he loves me. That is such a good reminder and definitely an amazing. I mean, just an amazing verse that the Lord saw, you know, his creation and decided to give us encouragement and put it in his word. I just love that so very much. So I'd like to give you just a couple more minutes to just speak about anything, anything else that you feel led to share about mental health, about your journey, about anything that you think people should hear. Yeah, of course. Um, One thing that I, that really stuck with me and that really helped me in my journey is um, last year was, well, last year and this year was two of the hardest years of my life. You know, a lot of people say that 2020 was the worst year of their life with COVID and everything. And I agree, but I would do 2020 a hundred times over if I never had to do another year like 2021. It was so difficult for us and our family. We lost so many people. I think there was two months that we lost seven people in the midst of those two months. And it was an incredible weight on us and our family trying to pastor a church during a time like that. And, you know, trying to have answers for people whenever you don't have answers for yourself is very difficult. And um, we lost a bunch of people to suicide last year. And, you know, that played a big toll on all of our minds, you know, mm. to lose so many people to suicide. And at the beginning of last year, one of my really good friends, um, he was, I believe he was 21. He committed suicide and it was very hard on my church. He was uh, a member of our youth group. He had been a member of our youth group for many years he was one of the happiest people I've ever met and I remember the day that I found out that he had committed suicide I it just broke me and I thought there's no way he would never do that you know he was always so happily happy he was always so bubbly there's no way that he could have ever done that and it really took a toll on all of us it took a toll on all of us mentally and we really struggled with it And um, my dad was asked to preach the funeral. And I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral before of someone that committed suicide, Mm -hmm. but it is something that is so difficult to do. And you have to be so careful because Mm -hmm. you have to remember that there are people listening that could be dealing with these same things. And you can't just say things like, well, you know, they are no longer having to fight, you know, they're they're in a better place now because if you say things like that, there could be people listening that hear those things and think, well, if they did that and they're in such a better place now, I can do those same things. And it's just not the truth. So you have to be so careful. And I remember my dad said, I can no longer preach to him. He was standing over his casket and he said, I can no longer preach to him, but I can preach to the people in this audience. And the title of his message was I, even I only. 
and it was the story of Elijah whenever he fled to the cave. He had just um, killed all these prophets and he had done so many amazing things. He had just called fire down from heaven. He had seen all these amazing miracles and he got a letter from a lady who pretty much just said, you killed my prophets and I'm going to kill you. And, you know, we read that and we think, well, like he had just done all these amazing things. There's no way that that Mm -hmm. would even phase him, but it literally rocked his world. And he fled to this cave and he said, God, kill me now. And he literally one of the most powerful men in your Bible suffered with, you know, suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And whenever my dad said that, I had never really read it like that before. And it blew my mind that this man who is so powerful that I've read about all my life dealt with some of the things that I deal with. And he preached and, you know, Elijah, um, God sent Elijah food and he sent an earthquake. And still after all of this, he, Elijah still said, God, please like just kill me. And he said, I, even I only am all alone. And God told him, you know, get up out of this cave. I need you to go and anoint this man. And so he did. He got up and he left while he was still depressed and he still had these thoughts. And he went and did what God told him to. And after he did that, God told him, Elijah, I have, I believe, it was 7,000 waiting for you that mm. still profess my name. And he reminded Elijah, you are not alone. But it wasn't until Elijah got up and he went and he did what the Lord told him to do, that he heard this and that he was reminded. And I I found so much comfort in that, that one, this man who I've always looked up to, who is an amazing man in our Bible, he suffered with these things. But also God didn't leave him where he was. And God reminded him, you are not alone. And that message, I've probably listened to it five times since he preached it. He's preached it at a few different camps now. And every time he preaches it, you can just feel like the Holy Ghost. It gets so thick in the room. Mm. You can really feel like there are so many people that deal with this and that struggle with this. And you can feel God become the comforter and just comfort all these people at one time, you know, all in the same room. And he just, it's almost like a blanket. Like he would just lay over top of us and comfort us and remind us that we are not alone. You know, even though we feel like we're all alone and we're in this space and we keep saying, you know, I'm all alone. No one cares for me. There is no one for me. There is, you're not alone. There are people that are struggling with the same exact things that you are struggling with. And they are rooting for you just like you should root for them. And there are people that love you and there are people that support you and God is still looking out for you. He still has a plan. He's still in control. And so you don't have to worry and you don't have to be afraid. Absolutely. That is powerful. I, I wrote that down. Um, the title of his message. I even, I only, is this something that we would be able to find somewhere? Yes. Um, you can probably find it on YouTube. I know it's on YouTube and I'm pretty sure it is also on podcast. Mm. Um, he preached it at a North Carolina youth camp. And I believe that you can find that on YouTube where he preached that. Thanks Um, for sharing that. I mean, I have heard that story. Um, probably in a meme somewhere, (laughs) but it's so much deeper, obviously, than that. And I, I would encourage all of us to go listen to that, even if we feel like we're not struggling with that, just Mm -hmm. so that we can be blessed and it can change our perspective about mental health, about this important topic. Um, When you were, when you were saying the scripture in Jeremiah, it reminded me of Psalm 139, 14 through 18. 
And I just wanted to read it because it's so encouraging. This is something that the Lord had placed on my heart um, in the last couple of years when I was thinking about this topic. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and thy soul and, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Yes. I love that. We are so precious in his thoughts. Whether we believe it or not, God says it in his word. And the psalmist says it. How great is the sum of them. And if you think of the sand, I mean, I can't even think of how many grains of sand right now is, is at the beach. And, right. and it's just beyond our comprehension. You know, there's no way that God would create us just to abandon us. He loves us. His purpose is to be known because he wants that relationship with us and our purpose is to know him. And so if we're not sure what the next step is, um, just keep seeking God. Like Courtney says, don't give up. There's so much more for you and reach out if you need help. Um, help is available. And um, thank you, Courtney, so much for sharing your heart, for sharing your story, being on the podcast today. Uh, where can people maybe connect with you online um, and with your church? Um, I, you can connect with me through Instagram. My Instagram name is just Courtney.Chavis. Um, and my church's name is Truth Chapel. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. And our website is truth-chapel.com. We have um, a podcast as well for Truth Chapel. And you can go listen to many um, messages and things on that. There's there's tons of messages about mental health on there and lessons that my dad has taught on mental health that have really helped me there. Um, but yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and then the website. Thank you again, Courtney, for being on the podcast today. Of course. Thank you. If this episode blessed you, please take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging at Hello Awesome Live. I would really love that. Also search my name, JC Pulford, J-A-C-Y-P-U-L-F-O-R-D on Amazon to buy my devotionals and coloring books. You can also donate to the ministry of Hello Awesome through my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Hello Awesome Live. This will help fund future projects that will benefit the kingdom of God. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.